Uh, hello everyone, steroids are good, back on Sundays again, starting this week, so yeah, we're excited to join you on weekend again, where, you know, we have some more free time to, you know, kind of chop it up and think about these issues, whether it's fun stuff like sports, to the more serious stuff like, uh, you know, the social issues that have been going on with uh, the death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and others, so, um, you know, typically this is where we would kind of start off with uh, plugging the email, uh, steroids are good podcast at gmail.com to ask for questions. But we actually have a couple of exciting announcements regarding social media. So you want to go ahead with that, Doc? Yeah, great. Yeah, just to let you guys know, we will be opening up our Twitter account, uh, steroids are good. We're going to open up a Twitter account. So you guys could definitely go ahead and follow us. I don't know how they do it on Twitter, but we're definitely going to start that. Um, you could post questions, you could look at, uh, you can make insight and we're getting closer to for you guys actually seeing us face to face i'm really excited about that um we're going to do more interaction with social media but you know like i said we're just getting the ground running and um we're doing pretty good we're doing pretty good getting a lot of listeners a lot of good feedback uh, last week's episode was really really good um i know i know we didn't get a lot of uh, we didn't get emails like that because uh, of course of you know what's been going on but a lot of positive feedback a lot a lot of positive feedback a lot of they a lot of quotations of what we said a lot of people are, are telling uh, for what i hear just you know my friends and others and their friends telling us how they you know our quotes are amazing like it's, it's been really really good like you know i know you guys are busy and i know we're all trying to you know stand up for social justice and you know all that good stuff and you know i really appreciate you guys really appreciate you guys listening so yeah we're going to get twitter up there for you guys so you guys can post your questions and you know make any comments comments you know anything you guys want to speak about and you know we, we if you guys are good we'll definitely put our faces on there how are you doing yeah sure? we'll do we'll do polls and stuff like that too you know we might try to do like a get like a try to set up a bracket or something like that try to set up like a poll poll bracket so we can find out what your guys is like favorite or best player of all time is or something like that we might have to disqualify michael jordan from that just because like make it like it's not really a debate yeah <laughs> yeah non-mj greatest player of all time or something like that i think that would be fun so That'd be you great. know we're gonna just set up stuff like that so we can have more direct interaction with everyone that's listening so yeah we're uh you know we've been you know getting yeah like dex said good feedback from you guys you know you guys have been listening and all that stuff so you know we're excited to get start interacting more with everyone and uh yeah we're look forward to that that's coming soon so uh, i guess what we wanted to kind of start off this week again talking about the uh process and stuff like that that's been going on because that's kind of been like the main like thing that i know i've been focused on dex i think you've been focused on that mainly as well just because like you know with especially things like sports not happening or anything like that um and you know kind of everything just kind of being like slowed down this is the main thing that's taking up people's time and being taken up on the news a lot so i know that dex went to the protest in Chico over the weekend. I went to the one in Berkeley. Uh, how was the one in uh, Chico, Dad? Um, it was okay. Actually, I went to one in Chico later on. And then I actually did another one, another protest. And that's the one I actually spoke at. The one in Chico, I was really, you know, I was really, really excited to see that, you know, the the people that came out and, you know, supported, the, you know, the movement and, you know, trying to invoke change. You know, I seen one sign of Blue, Blue Lives Matter. And, you know, I was really upset about it. But, you know. I was all about, you know, I didn't rip the sign out their hand and like was, rip was that someone like at the march? Yeah, actually, yeah. Or was they that were someone marching like, with them. I just told him once I just told him I said, Hey, that's not what this is about. And I literally had to explain to them like, you know, it's not that we're saying that nobody else lives matter. I'm we're explaining I guess the best way to say it is black lives matter too. Or black lives matter also. Cause for some reason some people I mean, 
I mean, you shouldn't have to say that I because, know. like, the the basic thing is like we're seeing that to a lot of police and stuff like that. That black lives like don't matter to a lot of police and stuff like that. So it's not a way of saying only black lives matter. It's saying that hey, black lives do actually matter. That's all it's saying. Exactly. You know? If you know, if you're if if there's two houses and only one of the houses is burning, right? You don't say oh, all houses matter. Let's douse both of these houses with water, right? Exactly. You, you know, you help out the one that's burning. Exactly. So, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't feel like I wouldn't have been as patient with that i know you wouldn't push on that's that's weird that that's weird that they were showing up to like and protesting with everyone with a sign like that that's very it was weird that i was the only one to catch it but you know but i did i told him you know i I kindly asked him to put the sign down or don't march with us i say either you could put the sign down or you could don't march with us and so they they did it they fixed it i discipline like you know i understand i was like well i you know they put their lives on the line i said i get that but you know no they don't like cops like don't put their lives on the line they they get killed at very low rates and guess what cops have like guns and they have the power the authority of the state and stuff like that too like no cop is actually putting their life on the line most of the time they're literally just kill you the second that they get scared so yeah. I, I don't buy that shit when i, I know that person to see you're more aggressive toward this and if no matter i'm telling you Prashanda's really very aggressive i'm more like tony dungy i'm more kind of like the like the i will speak on it and i did speak on it and i'm very very fearless i just feel like people uh i have a little bit more patience than prashanta does and so <laughs> I, i'll try that's to- probably that's probably because you're like a little older man I don't yeah know. just a little yeah, bit yeah prashanta's no joke about it and so yes but yeah other than that i spoke you know i said a lot of you know i feel like i i made a lot of leeway i felt you know honestly i felt like i i told them i felt like killer you know i don't know if you guys heard about killer mike but killer mike made a very very powerful statement this week he said it's not us it's not up to us black people or minorities or just in general just black people just to teach white people how to act toward us and learn our struggles it's not for us to teach you guys it's for white people to teach white people and he made a very proud cycle you know it's, it's it's not for us to, because you learn differently for somebody that doesn't look like you and so if you have i mean they're learn they learn racism they learn uh bigotry from their own so they can learn non-racism from their own and i feel like that's a big thing we shouldn't have to teach you you guys know what it is just stop doing it and teach your kids. I, I do. I do have to say one thing, though. I, the uh, your generation, Prashanta, your generation ha- has came out. You know, all colors. They have came out and supported, and it's just not a fad. They really have came out and really, really, you know, gone for the cause. And you know, I applaud all my humans that are brothers and sisters that are supporting this cause that and seeing your generation i I thought your generation was lost but it seems like you guys were more aware of things than my generation so i applaud your generation for that and and no it was it was good you know there's i mean there was no craziness i feel like but one thing i I do want to say is that um i don't want it to die down you know i hear a lot of i hear a lot of news and i hear i see, i hear a lot of people all these talks about um how you know this is unprecedented like we never seen this before in our nation's history and blah 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 and blah 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 but the thing about it is like it doesn't stop after 2 weeks keep pressing keep pushing keep pushing dr king didn't do 2 weeks worth of work and then all of a sudden segregation was over that shit was like 3 years in the making and he had to die like it's more than just two weeks. You keep pushing, keep pushing. Go out there and vote, 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 vote. 
vote for your locals who vote for your Congress, vote for everything you can do. And, you know, just keep pushing the issue. That's one thing I do. And like I said, make black legal. You know, I feel like we're illegal, like not illegal, like immigrants. It's just like it's just it's just illegal to be black. And, you know, just like vote for being black, vote for black being legal. That's all I want to say, because it's you know, it's, it's crazy. But I want to know about your experience. Cause like I said, Prashanta is a little bit less patient than I am. <laughs> so, Prashanta, how, how was your experience this weekend? So, uh, again, uh, like I was saying, I went to Berkeley over the weekend, but I also went to uh, the protest in Tracy on Thursday. And both were good. Both were peaceful. Both were, you know, people were there. I didn't see anyone, like, overly against anything. You know, I saw one lady in Tracy that was like, oh, communist, uh, Black Lives Matter, anti, you know, you guys are all scum or something like that. She held a sign up saying something like that. But I didn't see anyone really there that was doing that, which is surprising because Tracy is like this weird, like, semi-Republican suburb here that I live in. So, you know, that was kind of good that we didn't see too much of that. Yeah. Even the people on the street who weren't, like, protesting, they were, like, you know, clapping for us and things like that, which is all good. And then the one in Berkeley was good, too. You know, I didn't really see anything. There were a couple of people who I think they were, like, a couple of like mentally ill homeless people were like yelling different stuff and stuff like that but you know i i ultimately think that we can't judge them unfortunately you know they're in an unfortunate circumstance themselves so um yeah i thought they both went pretty well you know both were very peaceful and all that happened and you know nothing really happened too much during them um you know the one thing that did uh, kind of annoy me and i talked to dex about this beforehand were people were thanking like the cops in tracy for not pe- for being there like there were a couple of them that yeah. were kind of like accompanying <laughs> us i guess and they were they were really doing anything they were peaceful like i saw people like taking selfies with them beforehand and stuff like that and that was really annoying to me and there was this one girl who eventually later stood up and said that we shouldn't thank the cops just because they haven't been violent they've just been doing their jobs and like treating us like human beings which they should be doing so you know i just thought that you know uh, the thanking the cops and all that stuff is just goofy to me because you know a lot of those videos that you'll see online of like the the cops oh they're dancing with protesters or they're kneeling with protesters then like a couple hours later those same people who are dancing or you know whatever kneeling with the protesters will be literally using like tear gas and stuff like that on the same people you know the person i don't know did you see the video in buffalo of the old man being shoved to the ground basically for by the cops yeah i did that was yeah yeah yeah. he's like bleeding and all that stuff right so you know, all that stuff, like, and that, the cop who did that was literally, like, you know, kneeling with protesters, I think maybe, like, a day before or something like that, so, you know, I don't believe in any of that stuff, and, you know, the one yesterday in Berkeley, I thought, was a lot more, like, I don't know, maybe it's because it's a slightly more liberal town or whatever, but, you know, I I agree with what people were saying a lot more there, there wasn't as much thinking of cops, people were talking, like, abolishing police and stuff like that, which is much closer to what I agree with, so I thought that was pretty good there. So, yeah, and um, so, yeah, I agree with what you're saying, definitely, Dex, about like, you know, black people not having to educate white people about racism and stuff like that. I think it's up to white people to talk about their experiences and how they may have been inadvertently racist. And I think that ultimately it's not on black people to change because black people haven't been doing these things. You know, obviously every group has some people who do the wrong thing or whatever, but, you know, a lot of the black people who've been killed by police, they're not doing the wrong thing. They're just existing. They're just sitting around. They're not really doing exactly. anything. George Floyd, I don't know. There was a supposedly a bad check that 
that he passed or whatever at the store. Brianna Taylor was literally in her house, like, I think in bed or something like that when they killed her. Botham John, the guy, he was killed in his own apartment for no reason when a cop tried to enter and he wouldn't let her enter for no reason. So, I don't know. It just, it's like, you know, it's not up to black people to change. It's not up to black people to educate people. It's up for other people to change and other people to, you know, people who are racist or people who believe in this current system that is racist to change and kind of like learn to accept and to love black people rather than to accept the system that yeah because and yeah because you know what like honestly i i can say it for a lot of black people like we're just tired like we're tired bro like honestly it's it's just it's very exhausting to have to keep turning the other cheek being the good samaritan just just be like like literally our great 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 grandmothers or great great grandmothers or great grandmothers depending on how old you are like legitimately like how to breastfeed you guys literally because your moms didn't want to do it and raise you guys to be upstanding gentlemen and that's where the ancient mamas came from and then not only that then we sat there and fought in a war were for freedoms that we wasn't able to even you know you know live in like we was fighting for other people's freedoms and then you want us to say we picked your cotton to make you guys you know stronger we fought in your wars we raised your children it's like come on you guys y'all gotta stop being spoiled we tired of hand-holding people we shouldn't have to sit there and always sit there and like okay well we got to be understanding you know we have to understand that you know maybe no we're why are we always the forgiving ones why are we always the understanding ones no, we shouldn't have to teach you to be like this. You should know. Like people say that, you know, and I and I agree with them. Racism isn't a gene, but that shit is a very very strong trait. And it seems like it's being passed down from generation well not this one. This generation is totally like so your generation is generation under you is different. But it seemed like that's what it was even against each other. Like I think Hillary talked about the brown the blue eye brown eye uh, experiment and I never seen that one before. And I actually looked at that experiment, and that was crazy how I seen, like, how when the teacher, it was completely white kids, blue-eyed, brown eyes. Once the teacher separated them by eye color, and she made one actual eye color the, you know, the not superior, you know, uh, the, you know, not, not it, you know, it's the down, you know, the downward species, I guess, of the class, whatever you want to say it, basically the black people of the class. They started treating them like that. And they were just friends. And these were five and six-year-olds. And it's just crazy how that, how just, it was remarkable to see their their mindsets and how they just took to the segregation and, you know, uh, you know the survival of the fittest. But it's not really the fittest. It's kind of like just what was silver spoon fed to you because you just accept the way the society told you it was. And I don't know. I'm just like, we're just tired, bro. Like I said, I think I said like, <laughs> Have you heard of the Stanford Prison Experiment, Dex? No, I haven't. Go ahead. I found on that. So basically what the Stanford Prison Experiment was an experiment basically where this guy basically took a bunch of students, right? And he basically divided them into uh, guards and prisoners, right? And he basically told like the prisoners that they were basically stuck into these things basically as like prisoners pretty much for a psychological experiment. And the guards, he basically told them that, you know, they didn't have to act like guards like actually do they could just basically act however they want and they could basically just like you know like be like prison guards like basically however they wanted right but these guys were just like you know completely like brutal and completely like 
you know they basically acted like actual prison guards and basically like kept like you know basically doing the same shit that pe- the actual prison guards do to actual prisoners and stuff like that right so i think it's like the system and once you put that type of power in people's hands then it just kind of goes wrong and even a supposedly good person can go wrong in that which is why i don't know i'm kind of against like anyone saying the police can be reformed or stuff like that you it know cannot, people yeah. have tried to reform police you know people have tried to pass laws being like oh you have to put on a body camera or whatever you know they found ways to get around that you know the chokehold is illegal in a lot of places right in in new york when eric garner was killed with the chokehold the chokehold was illegal then he still got killed so i don't know i just think that you know people need to start thinking about this in a way that's not let's just try to fix a couple of things it's let's re we need to rebuild the system and honestly uh, i'm not sure if you saw the news earlier today but uh, actually there's the, uh, it looks like the Minneapolis Police Department might actually be disbanded or something that's like that. Good. The yeah, city I did see that. Actually I did see that. that. Yeah. So, so, you know, I mean, that's actually like real progress and the real type of things that need to happen. So, you know, stuff like that is what needs to happen, I think, across the country for real progress and real change to happen. Yeah. But one thing you said that I did kind of agree with, uh, disagree with, man, was like when you were talking about, you know, we need to vote and stuff like that. I think that voting is important and obviously, you know, whoever's in power is important. But I think that ultimately, like, voting by itself doesn't really do anything i think that we need to have the right leaders and stuff like that right mm-hmm. like the uh, mayor of buffalo where you know the old man was attacked the 75 year old man was attacked by the police and he was shoved to the ground and stuff like that you know this guy is like a democrat he's african-american all that stuff right and he said that the old man who was shoved by the police like that is uh was an agitator or something like that yeah. was like uh you know he was like an agitator he was someone who was really causing a big st- fuss and stuff like that all that stuff he's saying all that stuff and you can literally see on the video that this guy is like a what do you call this guy is being that this guy is literally just like talking to the cop or whatever i can't i can't really make out what he was saying but you know and he gets thrown to the ground just for talking to the guy right mm-hmm. you know in a lot of these big cities where you know the police abuses are really rampant you know la new york stuff like that where you have just the worst these absolutely highly vicious highly funded police departments that are just filled with vicious people who are just doing the worst things and just committing the worst types of things to the peaceful protesters those those places are run by democrats and stuff like that too man you know so i don't know i personally think that more than just voting i think that this type of like directly like protesting and things like that i think that i think that's um you know more effective and then you know if the right people come along yeah sure vote too but i think that ultimately like voting by itself i think doesn't really make too doesn't really make much of a difference and i think that we need to start thinking about things in other ways because you know if you're talking about voting you know black people i think are among the uh, you know most consistent voters in the thing right you know you constantly hear about during the democratic primaries oh black people are the base of the party black people are the most reliable voters for democrats and stuff like that but like what real progress has been made for black people during during all this time right like what real progress has been made you were talking about segregation and stuff like that right yeah. things are still segregated man like zip where you're born where your zip code is that that changes so much about your life what kind of school exactly. you go to you know the zip codes that that black students are in those zip codes get a lot less funding those zip codes get a lot less you know so the class sizes are larger you can't you can't be taught as well you know the kids don't learn as much and stuff like that so you know i think that segregation still exists in a 
And while it's not out there, it's not open like it used to be where like you literally can't drink from the same fountain, it exists in a different way. So I think that, you know, more so even than voting, I think this type of like, you know, protesting, whether it's like at working in your community, um, you know, one of the hotel, there was actually a hotel in Minneapolis that basically like protesters with the owners, like basically they converted it into like a homeless shelter. And like basically they were able to turn, um, you know, this hotel into a place where, you know, homeless people are able to go now and have a place to sleep down and stuff like that that protesting you know working in your local communities stuff like that you know working to ensure justice things like that i think that's a lot more important than voting personally that's kind of just what i think yeah yeah i i mean i get what you're saying i, I do not understand you know just like i said if it was up to prashanta this would be the storming of the bastille part two <laughs> you know i don't know if you yeah guys... honestly it was up to me we'd be breaking out the gear <laughs> pretty quickly man. <laughs> you would. i mean uh, and, I mean, for, and for, like like uh-huh. like the most like i guess extreme example of what i'm saying is like you know the black lives matter movement started when you know president obama was the president right mm-hmm. and like what real like changes to the way that police operate did we see since you know since you know uh the first african-american president was elected you know we haven't seen very much we haven't seen any much, very much changes and things like that there's more a awareness i guess and i think honestly think that that's because like videos are more available now rather than you know what any specific politician did but like i think that you know whoever's in office and stuff like that ultimately like you know the two parties that we have are currently set up to protect like the system that we currently have and the system that we currently have is racist and bad so <laughs> i don't know i just think that voting is kind of like by itself doesn't really fix much this personally just what i think yeah and just and just before we end off on this just let our because i know a lot of our listeners are i'm not i'm not you know saying that you guys are not smart but just in case our our listeners don't know what storming of the bastille is um basically it, it it's, it's in france um was it marie antoinette marie antoinette yeah marie yeah antoinette. i think louis the 14th or the 15th and marie, marie antoinette so what happened was is that basically the discrepancy between the classes were so far apart there was actually no middle class it was just either you're rich or you were poor and the people got upset about it people were upset so basically they didn't there was and at that point it was just you know you know kings and queens so basically they was like fuck it we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna just take down the fucking gates <laughs> we're just gonna fuck them all up so basically what happened and then that's where that strong phrase came from because when her guardsmen were alerting marie antoinette about you know the people coming to take over um she asked why and they said well they're hungry and she asked, well, why are they not eating? They, ma'am, they, uh, queen, they have no bread. And she was so far gone. You know, this was like their, like, not their original right privilege, but you could see how this is very parallel. She was like, well, if they don't eat bread, let them eat cake. And so she was so unaware of her actual people or what was going on. She couldn't understand what they were upset about or what was going on. And pretty much she got her head chopped off at the end of the day. And so, um, yeah, that's what you know. When I say Prashanta wants to do like a storming of the Bastille, he wants to. <laughs> he was an anarchy. He was it, and I'm with him. Like, I mean, honestly, I feel like voting. Honestly, I feel like voting does make somewhat of a change if there's a big swing. I feel like if there is a, but you know, I, I you know, we are we are the most consistent voters, but we're not coming out in numbers because there is places where they kind of stop voting for blacks like in a lot of the oh yeah there's all sort of like repressive like voter id laws and stuff like that yes. you know the way districts are set up so mm-hmm. that all the you know they're they're set up in like these you know bizarre shapes that look up like 
torn up tissue like torn up like tissue paper or something like that you it know does. where it's like you know a district is all weird shaped and stuff like that and all the black folks in the city go all go to that one district even though these people live like miles apart from each other and stuff like that you know all that stuff exists and yeah that's true that is true as well but i think that ultimately more than voting like this type of like action and protesting and like you know kind of working together in the community makes a lot more of a difference because Ultimately, at the end of the day, the main function of the presidency is basically to sell arms to the Saudi Arabians, basically, you know, and make sure that we make sure that the oil, make sure that the oil keeps flowing and the oil companies keep making their money and stuff like yeah. that. So, you know, those people don't actually want to change anything. So we need they to don't. make sure that we change things at the local level. Why and change? Actually make make the make them feel the pressure enough that you know things actually start happening there. You know, that's a lot of the reason why we have like the few good things that the government actually has. You know. We got social security and you know medicaid and stuff like that those things because you know a lot of there was a lot of protests and stuff like that mm-hmm. people were doing a lot of illegal protests people were unionizing and stuff like that and you know the government was so afraid of letting that continue on for so long and letting the great depression continue on for so long that they were like you know we have no choice but to make these like giant things and they made these giant programs you know whether it was the uh what do you call the uh Tennessee Valley Authority and stuff like that all that stuff that they did which you know it wasn't perfect there were exclusionary elements you know not not everyone is able to reap the benefits of that but they did all these really major things that hadn't been done before because they were afraid of the people rising up and and uh, you know afraid of the constant like turbulence and turbulence and stuff like that that came from people protesting so I think that's a lot more effective than just you know keeping keep on voting and stuff like that but hey that's personally what I see yeah. um, one thing I did want to ask you man was yeah. uh, so during the thing yesterday you know there were you know it was organized by the black student union at berkeley and i know you went there so mm-hmm. they were talking about how um berkeley is like one of the worst campuses in the country to be a black person or an african-american at so mm-hmm. i kind of wanted to see if that was what your experience with there was as well and because you know i didn't go to berkeley and obviously i'm not a black person so i don't know that so <laughs> i just kind of wanted to get what your experience was there and whether you did kind of experience that racism there or not well you know <laughs> thing about it is is that when i was you know while i while i at that point when i was attending there i didn't get that only because at that point the renaissance of like arts and like free thought had transferred from san francisco into parts of berkeley to oakland and so at that point it was a, a kind of a paradigm shift from hay street to berkeley into like oakland and so, you know, and the thing about it, and I'm going to be honest with you, Prashanta, you know, at that point, you know, you as a black person, we know there's racism. You know, it's just to the extent of where to the, to the extent of like how much is around us. Like you could have the racism like everywhere around us is racism, you know, or, you know, the professor thought, you know, well, I went on on, on uh, educational scholarship. I was an athlete, but I didn't get on an educational uh, sports scholarship because I kind of messed that up for myself. But at that point where um, when I went, you know, you know, they think this, they think you're lazy. They think you're all, all about like just like having sex and like just drinking and they think that you want to get the easy way out. They don't actually take you seriously. And and, you know, it's it right now at this point for my alma mater, alma mater, <laughs> They it is pretty really really fucked up because a lot of the um a lot of Stanford like rejects go to Berkeley. Let me be real with you. I was a Stanford reject because I had a a sports scholarship to go to Stanford. I fucked that over going on a college road trip and accepting certain things, 
and I end up going to Berkeley because I could get an educational scholarship. And so what happened was, is that, you know, it, at that point, at the, and I was in the army also. And so I had that being paid for also. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a weird experience because Berkeley is the, Berkeley's not that Harvard of the West Coast. You could say Berkeley's like the Yale of the West Coast. It's pretty much the best public university in the world, basically, right? I mean, everything that's above it is like a private university. So, you know, well, I think Stanford's better. The best. Uh, no, Stanford is a private university. Oh, yeah, though, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Berkeley is basically considered like the best like public university in the world, basically. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, it's... Um, I, what can I say? Like, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't really, like, pay attention. Like, honestly, I just did, did my due diligence, and I, I was in the Army, so I left. And so I really couldn't finish. I couldn't do anything like that. But at that point, like, and I wasn't on campus like that. That's, I mean, that was the biggest thing. I was actually working because I didn't want to stay on campus. And so I didn't face that. Only thing I did was go through my different halls, and when I seen, only thing I was focusing was my academics and my pizza. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. And so I didn't really get too much involved with, you know, social issues, not too many political issues at that point, you know, pretty, pretty much like, I mean, there was like certain like, you know, those, those, you know, what the blue blood is. Yes, I do. It's uh, it's basically people who have like you know graduated from there before, and like their parents went there and stuff like that. They basically are like a legacy admission or whatever. Yes, yes, those are you know there's definitely those that look down upon others that felt like they were entitled to everything and the way they carried themselves, the way they conducted themselves, and it was just it's, they just appear they just are they already thought they were superlative, you know, and so but. I, I can't say I can say now for what I do here, um, it is getting worse, but it's definitely not as bad as the Bible Belt. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, they were just talking about, you know, getting profiled on campus and stuff like that and how, um, you know, there's this one guy from the union, uh, the student union who's talking about him and all of his friends would get, you know, profiled and stuff like that. So I don't know. I just thought it would be cool, you know, good to get your perspective on it. I mean, like that, I mean, so. there's hella Republicans. But, the, yeah, but yeah. There, there's I mean, a lot sure. of them. But the thing, but see, the thing I about remember, it, is, I, I remember being a 14 or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think 14, freshman year of high school. So this was like 2009. So right when Obama, right after Obama got elected, right, we went to Berkeley for like a you know class trip type of thing and stuff like that. They showed us around the campus and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, the first thing that I saw as soon as I got off was like people like you know those signs do you ever see those signs that people made like republicans made where it was like basically like obama with like the joker makeup on and stuff like yeah that? yeah that was like the first thing i saw as soon as i got off the bus there right so you know <laughs> i kind of like you know yeah like and you know berkeley has this reputation reputation of being like super liberal or whatever so that was kind of like a different thing to see but yeah i mean yeah yeah i can definitely tell you know especially because it is like you know despite being a public university it is very exclusive and very expensive and stuff like that to attend and you know, not a lot of people get to go there, so I can definitely see why there would be like a large Republican. And and, and and then the whole thing about and then the whole thing about it is just naturally just a black experience in general. Um, like I was just um I forget what it is. I was um at some point they were talking I was talking with somebody and we were talking about like just like other like civil unrest in other countries and it's like well i would never live there you know how do you how, how would you feel going out there giving out your life you know going out stepping outside the door not knowing if you're going to live or die every single day i said wouldn't it make a difference to me because that's my experience every day right now 
that's my experience. That, that that's what I live. And so it's kind of like, you know, you know, you, you accept, I mean, we just do what we have to do. Like I said, I think I said that last, last week was like, you know, you know, we accept working from the ground up. We accept, not from the ground. We, we accept working from hell, working our way up. We accept, you know, being five steps back. So we have to take double steps to catch up and to show you how strong we are. Like we will do that. I wear my my black. I wear my black. It's like it's a coat of armor, and everybody hates on it because they don't have this shield on them. They can't take what I can take. They can't do what I can do, and they can't come persevere and rise like how I could rise. I I take that with full pride. Black is beautiful. Black is strong. Black is enduring. Black is prevails. And so I I take that as or so then like when my experience on college or at a job where you know there's predominantly white people and they look at me where me being the youngest district manager for American Express like and them asking me to check my card to make sure I'm spending shit on the right way and do all these kinds of things like yeah they could do it. They're not gonna catch me, but it's kind of like I'm gonna set the precedent for the next one. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna show them why. They should expound their, you know, their narrow minds and take off the blinders and take off and do what you, I like to trailblaze. And so my experience anywhere I go, it's like I don't I, I, I can't focus on what's going on around me. I just got to focus on what I need to do to trailblaze for the next people coming under me. And that was that's a black experience for everybody that gets into a position or holds a place where they don't supposed to be. And 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 that's that's how it is. And so, you know, I, I wish I could, you know, I mean, if you want to ask me about my college experience about Berkeley, I didn't have one because I wasn't allowed to have one because I was black. Everything I was doing was literally being looked under. Everything that they was they was looking for me to fail. If I wasn't benefiting them sports wise, making them free money off my name. Then everything else had to keep on. Everything was under a microscope. That's my experience. That we know my experience was going around seeing sitting there prima donnas and going around seeing people sitting there looking down on me, acting like I didn't supposed to be there, like I didn't belong, like I didn't have a mind, like I couldn't sit there and come up with a formula or a way to do things, like I didn't sit there and I wasn't engaged, like I wasn't over there. I was sitting there be not being tested for college to see how my mind works. That sat there and led Californians to change the way that they do math with their children nowadays other than arithmetic and writing it down doing it in their mind they tested us that at that point when i was in elementary school they didn't even know the accolades they didn't know who the fuck i was they didn't know what all they seen was a black man that's the only thing they seen and they judged me instantly from there they see me as a tore up fucked up book that made it through the library because of sentimental reasons or cash funding purposes that's all what it was it was nothing more nothing less than that and so I couldn't have that experience like how I want to have the experience. I didn't get to do fraternity parties because, you know, because every fraternity party, I'm a liability. If I, if I fucked with somebody the wrong way or somebody didn't like me, they could sit there and put a case about me and my ass would be gone. So that's what it is. I kept the blinders on, did the fuck I had to do, got the fuck up out there. That's basically what it was. There, there was no whatever. I didn't see it as racism. I seen it as a fucking race. If I could finish, if I could sit there and prove everybody wrong and sit there and do my due diligence to do what nobody said I can do. That's how I seen it. And I, I did what I had to do. So, yeah, that was my experience. What Are you still there? 
Uh, yeah, I, am. I just kind of wanted to let you. Uh, oh yeah, you know, do everything there. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, but but yeah, but that's but yeah, that's like if you ask any other black person, like that's we have to take it like that. We have to take it with a grain of fucking salt. That's how it is. We can't sit there and fully embody any experience because the experience is not a hundred percent true. Everything is coming tainted. Everything comes with a, a, a fail safe. Everything, you know, it's not it's not like we could lose. You can't lose with being black. If you lose, you're buried. You're buried. That's how it goes. It's, it's, it's not. Uh, well, that's why I hate video games nowadays. I was telling my uh, my niece, my nephew, my daughters like uh, you can't like why I hate video games so much, because nowadays you have unlimited lives. You can start back right where you left off. You get a chance to redo everything for a black experience. That's not true, homie. That's not true. You get one fucking chance. You get one chance to do what you got to do. And if you don't do it correctly, you're done because they expect you to fuck up and they're waiting for you to fuck up. And so, that's it. I mean, not to get too deep into it, you know, but yeah. That's uh, <laughs> this is kind of silly because you're talking about a serious issue, but like, I'm glad we agree that, that about not liking video games and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I dislike them for a different reason. I make people mad when I say this, but I kind of just dislike video games because I think they're kind of like an antisocial activity, you know? You're kind of like forcing all your like thought and stuff into like this, like, you know, fake world that doesn't exist and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And, you know, like it's not like movies or something like that because no one you know no one stays up all night until 3 a.m and fails an exam because you know fails an exam in college or whatever because they were staying up all night watching movies or like looking at paintings or some shit right yeah like, video games are intentionally designed to i don't know keep people like trapped in there i think so that's kind of why i dislike them and you know i've actually made people mad by saying that <laughs> so i don't know i hope people don't get mad when you know saying that because uh, i'm saying that on the show you know not judging anyone if you like playing video games or whatever you know do what yeah you whatever but that's just kind of what i think so you know we've been covering these uh, protests and stuff like that for the last couple of weeks and so we talked about how things are changing in minneapolis it looks like with the disband we know with like disbanding the police department yeah is what it looks like is gonna happen but you know things are changing in other aspects of our society it looks like too maybe and one of the things that we did see was uh the nfl with uh well it started off with a bunch of players talking about you know their issue and uh kind of like they were putting out a message and stuff like that i don't remember exactly what the words they said but you know a lot of them saying we're black lives matter and stuff like that i know patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, saquon barkley Odell Beckham Jr. A lot of the, you know, a lot of really famous players went on it. Mind you, mind you, wait, wait, one second. Let me, for one thing, and I know I don't want to interrupt you, Prashant. I just want to say one thing about that. And this is really quick, if you don't mind. Patrick Mahomes, thank you for standing up. Thank you for standing up. We've never, ever, ever had a Jordan S. Tiger athlete besides Muhammad Ali that actually took a political stance in the heat where they were up and coming being jordan-esque or you know tiger you know do you know what i'm saying you understand what i'm saying like when jordan was coming yeah out, yeah you know, for sure yeah. i mean sorry not to interrupt you or whatever but yeah. those other guys are all good and stuff like that they're all good players but like none of them are considered like the future of the league and maybe like a future like go the way patrick mahomes is exactly. and stuff like that so you know this is someone who's like the uh incumbent uh uh super bowl mvp and uh you know he's someone who's going in his like what third year now third he's, year like, what 24 24 25 around that age you know he's yes. gonna be, be you know as long as you know things stay right with him and he's healthy and all that stuff he's gonna be a really good player for like pretty much like the next 15 to 20 years he's gonna be so. the fucking goat if he stays on yeah. the track and yeah. and mind you and not to interview one more time but 
why I appreciate Patrick so much, and I speak of Patrick highly, only because of this. Michael Jordan said, you know, Republicans buy shoes. You have uh, Tiger Woods that f done so many great things for black people in the golf course. You know, he, he, he crossed so many boards, but he was not loud. LeBron later in his life did it. And I'm really proud of LeBron that what he did, you know, stand up for black people, every single thing. One thing I, I really admire about Patrick Mahomes is because like my daughters, like me, you know, we are a, a met ethnic background. I predominantly look black, but you know, if you're black, you're just black, of course. But he's mixed, and a lot of people, a lot of uh, you know, a lot of children, a lot of adults have like identity issues of who they are. And even though Patrick Mahomes is half black, half white, he still stood up for his black side, like he would set up for stand up for his white side if if they were being oppressed. And so I just wanted to just like I know Patrick definitely doesn't listen to the podcast. You know, we probably have a couple listeners that might start getting intrigued by, this, but I want to put my tip my hat off to Patrick because you know he's on the up and coming. He's probably gonna be the goat if he stays on track, and he stood up early in his years, early in his years, where he was on top, where he could lose any endorsement deals and it would break him. But he stood and he's standing up. So hats off to Patrick Mahomes for doing that because we have not had an athlete like that since Muhammad Ali to stand up. Not, he's not Muhammad Ali. Colin Kaepernick is more parallel to Muhammad Ali because he gave up his whole career for us. But just to stand up like while being on top of his game game to where he's, like you say, he's a Super Bowl quarterback, and for him to do that, I'm looking for him to do more, but that's more than we got out of Tiger and Michael Jordan. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, no one is Muhammad Ali, man. It's like you have to be one of the most like committed and like, you know, like basically like committed and like basically i don't know basically like a good person of all time to like literally <laughs> yeah. go to jail for your beliefs and stuff like that so yeah. you know with all that stuff i think that like no one can reach I, I think that there's very few people who are even willing to reach that level so i don't know i don't think that's gonna be happening well, anytime soon but well but yeah well we're talking about the the closest thing to muhammad ali um uh you know sports wise giving up their career for the greater good i want to dive into colin kaepernick how do you feel about how roger goodell did not specifically say colin kaepernick when he gave his address about the nfl saying black lives matter how, how do you feel about that prashanta I think that he's full of shit. I think Roger Goodell is obviously full of shit, you know. I think that the NFL is, like, basically a, a corporation and stuff like that, right? And I kind of had a discussion with my sister about this, you know. She was asking me how I felt about these companies, like, posting Black Lives Matter and stuff like that, uh, whether I thought that they needed to or not. And I was like, who cares? It doesn't matter because I think they're all just full of shit. I think that they see that this is a current movement that's going on and people are being awakened to, you know, the injustices that are happening finally and people are finally seeing, like, like how terrible the situation is and you know people are and you know these companies are just being like you know we need to adjust along to this because they want to keep making their money they want to keep being relevant and stuff like that right mm -hmm. there's very few organizations i think like crossfit the ceo of crossfit or whatever said some shit on twitter and i think that like reebok apparently terminated their relationship with crossfit or whatever because of that and so these companies don't want that to happen so they're going to say the right thing because yeah. you know they want to make sure that they can keep doing their business but i don't believe it for a second at all right no, no, I, I, I don't was I okay. I can tell you one thing. I don't. First of all, Roger Goodell is full of shit. For one, you know, I think we all knew that. I mean, even you know, white people know it. they boo him most of the time when they see him too. He's just full of shit to me. And and I, I and honestly, now that you now that it's popular, now that your bottom line is going to get attacked if you don't say the right thing. Now you want to say the right thing because in two thousand seventeen, two thousand sixteen, you were saying that shit when Colin was doing it. 
it, it, the moral, the moral high, the moral ground that where Colin was doing it, they didn't view it. But now that they're getting attacked, now that Drew Brees can't say anything, now that uh, Grant uh, Napier says something, Napier got uh, race baited and he got fired. Now you got to make sure you watch what you say. But I'm honestly telling you, if just like it was in 2016, if this wasn't such a big thing, like. Uh, he, they wouldn't have said anything. You, I remember. I think we talked about one. Who was it? Was that one of our listeners that actually put it? And said why wasn't Colin Kaepernick on Madden as a free yeah, agent? Yeah, you yeah. See, I, I forgot who. I forgot who it was. But hey, was, whoever yeah, said that, they was up on game, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like they didn't show no respect, and that's the thing. And I'm re- okay. And everybody's gonna be mad at me about this, and I'm. I don't give a fuck. I don't believe when nobody says they're giving college fund to that baby girl to Gianna uh, Floyd. I don't. I, I don't believe it. My my job, my job actually said that they was going to give this much to her college fund. I think it was, uh, who else? Somebody else said it was going to give something to her college fund and whatever. How much education does a baby need? Because if shit don't change, the systemic racism against her won't let her get to college to use that money. And so it's kind of like, you guys can do that. Put the money where it needs to be. Put it to where, first of all, defund the police. Defund the police agents. We don't need that much policing. Honestly, we don't. And honestly, if you want to fund the police, put it for like these niggas can have these people can have like psychiatric like tests and make sure you put the good cops in and do the right thing. Like there's other ways you could do with the money. And then I hate when they put it to like organizations that's like doing really, really well already. Like put it to something to where people organizations where people are not doing as well. So you could build up the organization so that those inner city kids or you know whomever needs this uh to sit there and actually come up in the world can actually use it. I hate when they say they put it to the YMCA. I hate that. I hate when they say they put to the ymca because actually the ymca hasn't been relevant it's more the boys and girls club but people don't ever say they put it towards the bird the boys and girls club people don't say they don't put it to uh um you know children's whatever whatever this street or 42nd street you know daycare whatever whatever they put it to the biggest organizations and you know that really doesn't make a difference i'm tired of seeing that i'm tired of hearing that. i'm tired Prashanta, you're the numbers guy. How much did Gianna Floyd, the people commit to her to go to her college for? Wasn't it about like five point five million dollars, six point seven million dollars? I'm not sure, man. I'm gonna check it out right now. Right I tell you, it's ridiculous amount. If they have that babysitter going to college that long, she's going to be like, she has to go to like for doctor in school. She have to, she could get her education in like three or four times over. Like they commit all this to that baby, you know, mention the baby, you know, give it to her now. Where, you know, her family could pay for, you know, her being out of the hood and where she doesn't have to be, you know, ostracized by her her fellow students and her uh, fellow kids to feel like, oh, you have a. So the thing that mm-hmm. so the thing that I'm seeing right now is um, there's a there's a just a general fund for her. One million nine hundred thousand dollars. It looks like on there looks like Kanye said that he would pay for her college tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see who else. Kanye set up a college fund. Oh, OK, that's what I'm seeing. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, but then there's United Healthcare too. There's a United yeah. Healthcare that said they did not don- donate like a million or like three million toward her college and the, whatever. I'm just tired of people saying. And then the thing about it is, run those receipts. 
Like, let me see these things happen. Like, I don't I don't ever see it to where I see George Floyd's family like, oh, thank you so much. They're not on the newscast and showing that that's in their bank account with an actual like stipulation to it. So this baby could sit there and get her college fund. Don't just put out PSAs out there without running those receipts. I'm tired of seeing that. Like, really, I really, really am. I don't want to see shit. I don't want to see shit go to the YNC. I want to see shit go to like things that actually matter in our black communities. Make have it to where these babies can have better books. Get better teachers, get better, like get laptops, whatever, do whatever these kids need to do to actually grow up in the most functioning economic like civilization. Don't sit there and be like, oh, we're going to give it to the YMCA. The YMCA, I'm just, I don't know. I'm pretty sure we don't have like any like super rich listeners. And if we do, you should give us each a million dollars each, I guess. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I'm sure that our listeners, you know, don't have the means to do this. But, you know, rich people like literally do all sorts of shit to like not pay taxes as much and stuff like that. Exactly. Like they hide their income in all sorts of different ways. They don't pay taxes properly. They donate to candidate candidates and like they vote for candidates who won't raise taxes and stuff like yep. that. All that stuff. And that makes a big difference too. That's like, you know, how like taxes, how like money is spent and stuff like that. You know, they don't, you know, like uh, police, uh, like you were talking about, you know, the money that goes to police, that should be put back into like schools and stuff like yeah. that. That's what, you know, that's what's actually going to help people. So yeah, I definitely agree with and that. And that's why I don't believe in fucking Drew Brees. That's why I think, you know, people are, oh, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, he's done so much for the community. Okay, so what? I know people that do things for the community just for, just for, just to have that, that clout. You know, what what lies in a man's heart, he's going to say out loud. There's, there's three honest people. There's three types of honest people. Drunks, people that are angry, and children, right? Those, that's where you always get somebody that's always going to tell you the truth. Somebody that's drunk, somebody that's angry, or a child. And Drew Brees, when he said, oh, I would never for, woo, woo, for the flag, woo, woo. now he's going to take it back. And they want to use his credentials. Well, he gave this to New Orleans and whatever, whatever. Yeah, but is but did he really? Because what's the difference between him giving $5 million if he's on a $125 million like salary? You know, $5 million is like, I think we were saying that about Jordan when they was talking about his gambling problem. And it was like, oh, you know, Jordan was betting 10000 but that's like a that's like $10 to him. So Drew Brees basically gave $50. That's how I see it. That's how I see it. So you're not going to sell me on Drew Brees on his good deeds, whatever, whatever. I, I see it in the exact same way, man. Like, uh, what are you talking about? Um, Jeff Bezos, him, like, you know, the amount of money that he gives is like pretty much a pittance of what he actually owns. Like, you know, I think I saw somewhere statistically that like, um, you know, Flint, Michigan, which is a slightly different issue, but, you know, similar thing of like, um, you know, an unjust uh, thing that happened to black people, mo- uh, mostly black town and stuff like that over there with the dirty water there. That entire, I think their water system could be fixed for something like $50 million, something mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, think of all that money, that money, that money that motherfucker Jeff Bezos has, right? <laughs> you could give $50 million like that, like like that, like snap his fingers and give $50 million. Right? Exactly. It wouldn't affect him in any like tangible way at all. No kind of way. And he just doesn't because like ultimately like they're all just talk and all these like charities and stuff like that, all these people giving charities, it's ultimately just talk. Is what it's bullshit. Is. Okay, so, well, I, I know that this is a sports talk, right? So we got to give him some sports so we could come back around on this uh um top five shooters of all time in the nba who who do you have all right so just kind of going off the top of my head i guess here um steph uh no you have to do it in order in order yeah from five to one all right i don't know if i can do it in order but let's see number one i would put steph Mm -hmm. right number two i would put reggie miller 
Mm-hmm. Number three, I would put Ray Allen. Mm-hmm. Number four, I would put Clay. Mm-hmm. And then number five, I think I would put Pete Maravich. Okay, Pistol Pete. Okay. Yeah, because I think that he was like an incredible shooter. And the thing is, he was scoring like 30 points, 35 points a game when they didn't have a three-point line, right? Yeah. But like, he yeah. was just incredible. And I think like he would do, I read about like all the crazy shit that his dad made him do to like, you know, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, learn to like shoot and dribble and stuff like that. So, yeah, those are my top five, I think, just kind of going off the top of my head because, um, you know, just kind of like thinking about who's like done the most. And I put stuff at number one because just because he has like made the, the three game. point way the way to like be basically like the best player on the championship team and stuff like that yeah he like changed the game and stuff like that you know the reason that i have clay uh you know just slightly below um reggie and um ray is because well you know those guys didn't win a championship uh like carrying their own team and stuff like that those guys did ultimately have to carry their own teams and you know those guys made it to the playoffs and were like good players and were like 20 point a game scorers and carried their own teams while being like good shooters and stuff like that too right and clay's been fortunate enough to that where he hasn't had to do that so for me personally that dropped down a little bit but yeah still the fourth greatest shooter of all time for me okay okay what about you I think I got okay. So of course I have Steph. Steph has to be number one only because he like expanding the like three point shot. It's not on the on that line now. He you could pull it from basically the logo, only thirty eight feet, and he you had to pick you basically had to pick him up from half court. Uh, and you know he revolutionized his game. Of course Steph is number one. He has the best actual three point like actual percentage out of all these individuals too. With doing the most crazy shots, and he could actually take him off the dribble, like he could dance on you and shoot on you. All the other individuals on my list, it sounds like on your list, can't actually get their own shot in that kind of way that Steph can. And so I have Steph as number one, and I know you're going to be mad at me about this one, probably. I have Clay as number two, and that's not me being a homer. It's just that I don't think anybody on the list that you've named and the ones I'm about to name could get hotter than Clay. Like I, I don't I, I just don't believe oh, it. I'm not I'm not mad at you. Like I can totally see where you're coming from on that. And you know, mm. if I if the thing that I wasn't talking about, if I wasn't taking into consideration the fact that, you know, he hasn't like kind of led his own team, I guess, then yeah. he would be number two for me as well. I think he is one of the greatest all time shooters. It's just, you know, not having to carry his own team, I think bumps him down a little bit for me mm. because you know, we're just as he is, he can be like a shooting specialist basically, right? And focus but just basically on like getting off of screens, shooting threes and playing defense and stuff like that, right? He doesn't have to carry a team. He doesn't. Himself. So, and, you know, and, that's why I think him a little bit for me. Yeah, but the thing uh, the thing that gets me why I put Clay up there only because he could literally take four dribbles and score, like, 26 points. Like, <laughs> like he really can. His and his shot is really nice, too. I go off of what the shot looks like. I go about the consistency. I think Steph is, like, 43. I think Clay's like, 41 or, like, 42. I think Reggie's, like, 40. Uh, or like 39, I think Ray Allen's like 40 or 41 percent from the three, and so um, I, I, you know, I, I'm not the numbers dude, but you know, I'm thinking Clay does have the second highest average uh, for three point shooting, you know, just percentage wise, and so I got Clay as number two only because I mean, 37 points in one quarter is fucking ridiculous. Like, honestly, the boy could get. He's the most. He's the one that could get the most hot way faster than anybody else. And when and I, I don't know, he's just the. I think Reggie's probably the most consistent clutch shooter out of the group, but Clay is a real close second. 
Clay's a real close second. And then I think uh, number three will have to be Reggie. I know that everybody will want me to put Ray in there, but Ray is a benefit of really, you know, like what you said, you know, run around the screen, pop and lock, whatever, whatever. Reggie is too, but I seen Reggie pull up off a dribble and do it, and he's more clutch yeah, than Ray. But I feel like a Ray that only kind of happened to him like towards the end of his career, you know, when he was in like uh, Boston and he was in Miami and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I think at the beginning of his career when he was in Seattle and was Ray in, in Milwaukee? Milwaukee too? Yeah, yeah I think Milwaukee. Ray was in Milwaukee. Yeah, those teams. I think he pretty much was like either the, the number dude. one or the number two yeah, guy on the teams, was. right? And he wasn't just able to, like, come off of screens and stuff like that. He was kind of in a similar role to Reggie there. So that's kind of why I had him. You have him in front of Reggie? Yeah, yeah, I had him. No, I had him uh, third. I had him one behind Reggie and one ahead of Clay for me. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, yeah, so Reggie's my third. And then I have Ray as my number four. Now, number five, I can't. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, I renege all that. Hold on, time out. I just thought about because we're doing this on the fly, you guys. Just letting you know, this was not prep like that. So I have, I have freaking Steph is one, Clay is two, I have Larry Legend as three. I have Larry Bird as three. Then I have uh, Reggie Miller as four, and then I have Ray as five. Why I put Larry at number three is because Larry is like a really good three point shooter. I think he won like two three-point contests or three he literally walked in and called his win he was like i'm just, i'm just i just showed up to see who's second you know you feel what i'm saying like larry was no joke and larry you know he's clutch larry made all the big plays he was six eight he's like the biggest one in in this whole field i think reggie's like six 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 seven i think larry was definitely six eight more borderline big man and every time you thought and the thing about larry Steph, you kind of question. Clay, you know if he's running off a screen, he'll get it. Reggie's good for that clutch moment. Ray's good if he's open or just that quick little release. But then Larry, every time I seen Larry shoot a three-point shot, I always felt like that shit was going in. I always felt like his shots was going to go in. For some reason, I just knew. I was like, no, Larry Legend's going to do this again. Larry Legend's going to do this again. So, you know, I know. And then, so Larry Legend is my three. I got Reggie Miller's four and Round is five. I mean, there's a, a bevy of other ones. I think I think if I had to put KD up there, because KD, I, I'm going to tell you, I thought about it, what you had asked me about that, Prashanta, a couple uh, uh, episodes ago. You was like, do you prefer KD or Mike as the better score? And I said Mike. But Mike is, like, barely over KD. Like, not like – like, I know I know. I was thinking, I was like, no, nah, there's no contest because you got you to gotta be affirmative with who's your number one. But really, KD can score his ass off, and KD got range range and he has a man his stroke is ridiculous when he comes down to shooting i mean he could do it for almost anywhere just like steph can different is he's seven foot with like a, a eight like a seven six or like seven eight wingspan and so i think clay kd coming as like a coast like a close like six or seven but if he keeps going where at this rate he could definitely knock off like a reggie and ray and probably knock off larry if he wins another title he's not gonna pack up he's not gonna do clay and steph i'm sorry nobody's gonna do clay and steph the way clay and steph's been doing it they literally revolutionized the game just off their backcourt skills alone. I, I i can't do it uh what do you think about that I 
kind of I agree with you there that KD should be up there and I don't know I think that like just the way that the game has changed now I think that it's I think that it's possible that someone could overcome Steph and Clay because like I think that like you know these guys they came up kind of in their era they grew up in an era where taking the three wasn't as like normalized as it is now and they still yeah. became this good you know I think there's kids that are growing up now who like they're basically like taking threes basically like as soon as they can pretty much like you know as soon as they're like physically capable of it right and yeah. you know they're not gonna have like long, they're not gonna have LeVar Ball coaching them and like fucking up their forms or whatever right <laughs> so you know like they're actually gonna have like good forms and stuff like that so I think that is definitely yeah. possible that you know we get better shooters just because like people have a better understanding of like taking threes and how important that is and all that stuff so i think that yeah it's definitely possible for me but i get where you're coming from it seems it seems like hard to think of someone being better than stuff but i think it is possible in terms of shooting and i totally get what you're saying with uh larry larry bird there and thinking that he was just gonna make it no matter what yeah. you know um like uh thinking about like uh that i never got to watch him play myself but like Though I totally get that feeling with like Steph, you know. Whenever yeah. I've watched Steph play, I just feel like he, you know he's just gonna make it every time he shoots like a difficult three or whatever, especially in like a late game clutch like scenario or whatever, right? And yeah. when he doesn't, you almost feel more surprised when he doesn't than when he does, right? Yeah, right. Like, you know, like uh, you know, to be perfectly honest here, I've rooted against uh, Steph and the Warriors in a couple of series just because you know whether I wanted LeBron to win the championship or whether yeah. I wanted Chris Paul to get to the finals and stuff like that for the Rockets, you know, yeah. all that stuff. I've rooted against him. And just like the tension that you feel whenever he's taking a three i can really <laughs> speak to that so i i know where you're coming from and then yeah i'm glad we agree that stuff is definitely the greatest of all time for sure oh and just another another thing how do you feel about skinny james harden skinny james harden i don't know man i think his game is focused on a lot of like him like making like fake contact with his body and stuff like that mm-hmm. and all that stuff so i don't know maybe if he with him adjusting his body i don't know what that's gonna be what do you think of him getting his jersey retired because he spent a million dollars in one night in a strip club hey listen i don't i don't like judge a man outside of the court like that but you should never spend a million dollars in a strip club now look I don't, and you're, and I, is he in is he in LA or is he in Houston right now? And he's he's originally from LA, but I don't know whether where he's like quarantining or anything like that. I don't know, but I wouldn't spend no million dollars on no strip club. I, I tell you he, that. I know Houston is considered like the Atlanta of the Deep South or whatever because there are like so many strip clubs <laughs> there and stuff like that. But like, yeah. I don't know. I no, don't know. but what, what, what? Okay, so this is the thing. I don't know if you know this. Okay, so when there, players. There's this, Sorry, there's just real quick. There's this other podcast that I listened to, and they were making a joke about all the women in the Houston area who have gotten their uh, nursing degrees or whatever just because there were strippers in the club that James Harden paid for, and James Harden basically was able to pay them through their nursing degrees. He's paying it with two Because they were at the clubs education. that James Harden went to. Hey, he's, he's helping careers in a different way, okay? James Harden as well. No, what I was going to say was is that, okay, so I was, okay, so look, I was really thinking about this 22 uh, team like season restart on the 31st, right? Now, what I'm thinking is that, okay, so you know about the Drew League, right? And you know about the the summer leagues that a lot of the players play, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I know about that. I'm thinking that it's going to be more of that kind of a feel and that kind of a setting. Now, if that's true, if that's true, because we know James harding is the king of that because you know kobe used to be the king of the summer league drew league whatever because you know whatever and then he got older then went to james harden so do you think that the rockets 
are like the favorites to win this NBA championship with the way the format is and the way the actual you know uh, atmosphere is for this uh, return season. For me, I think for me right now, it's depending on health, of course, just because their top two guys are so like tend to be get injured kind of easily. I think it's the Clippers that are the favorite for me right now, just because I think that they're a really deep team. They have a ton of talent on that team. They have guys on the coming off the bench who would be starting for a lot of teams, for a lot of playoff teams, to be honest. Like someone like Landry Shamit who comes off the bench for them, he would be starting on like the Sixers. He was starting on the Sixers last year before they traded him, right? Yeah. He'd be starting on a bunch of teams, right? So, you know, I think that team is really deep. I think the fact that there isn't going to be any home court is like really beneficial to them just because they they have there's no like organic there's very few organic clipper fans and stuff like that right i think yeah. a lot of them are like either like homers who kind of like swing through because they got the good players this year or whatever i think there's maybe i don't know i don't think do you think Kawhi has any specific fans like lebron has like lebron fans or whatever that follow him from team to team i don't think Le- Kawhi specifically has like that type of fan but no, you know doesn't. i think that there might be some of those too but i think especially like we were talking about this before but if they had played like against the lakers or something like that they would have had to play basically seven road games it would have series, been right so mm. you know not having that disadvantage for them i think that really works out for them that works out for them really well i think that a team like the sixers really loses out because the sixers have a great home court that hey great home court you know those crazy philly fans over there they have a great home court and they lose out on that so i don't know i think that the rockets i don't know because see well i kind of get where you're coming from with like the drew league and stuff like that but personally i think that like because the rules are going to be just like normal nba rules right i think that it's just gonna kind of the games are going to be slightly the atmosphere is going to be slightly different but i think that the games are going to look pretty much like you know the play is going to look pretty much like actual nba play and so i don't know i think that the rockets were getting a little bit found out just because like they don't have that size they don't really have a big man they have a six seven guy playing big man and stuff playing the center position and stuff like that so i don't know i think that they have some real weaknesses that can be exploited and especially because uh you know with their defense and all that stuff uh, yeah I, I i don't know i don't really believe in the rockets this year and right now they have a matchup with i think either the nuggets or the jazz and that could be a really bad matchup for them because again you're having to play a center a really good center in either of those series for seven games you know it's gobert or Jokic or stuff like that right and i think that's gonna be really hard for them so i don't know so something that i wanted to kind of ask you was Mm. was uh do you feel happy with this format that they're currently suggesting because i currently don't really uh, you know i'm not super happy with this because it's kind of like it seems very like they didn't really want to experiment or change anything at all right they kind of just wanted to have things be safe and stuff like that so it seems like you know there's not really like a play-in thing or anything like that going on it's if you're within four games then like the eight and the nine seed kind of like play between them and the eight has to win one game and the nine seed has to win two games so so, I don't know. Yeah. That's not really a play-in tournament, right? That's just kind of like extra games. So, I don't know. I kind of wish that they had done like a play-in tournament, but I guess this is what they decided to do. So, yeah. do you feel happy about this current format that they're going with or no? No, I don't. I really, really don't. I'm not happy only because I don't feel – I mean, I know they got to do their 70 games so they get their – that the TV promos, get their they get the extra cash so the players get paid out and all that kind of good stuff. So, whatever. I get it. But – I, I, I felt like this was their time to like like be innovative with the playoff bracket with just the way how they go about it like I mean I mean other than before this all happened I mean NBA was gonna the NBA was pretty much like catching the NFL as being like the, literally like the country's like main sport 
you know and so i i i know what they're thinking like you know if it's not broke why it fits it you know but i thought they could like did something different i felt like you know it could be different you know just just a play i like the i, I don't know something about and that's why people of college that, that's why we spend so much money on like beer and buffalo wings in march because it's the whole feeling of you know one in one done that's how it is with the NFL. When the NFL gets to playoffs, too, is one in, one done. You don't have six or seven. But it's more compelling with the series. But I just feel like this format, you know, whatever. I don't know. I guess don't ask me this if, if Zion is playing, okay? If I get Zion versus LeBron James, I'll be 150% happy with it. <laughs> it's going to be kind of hard for them to – I think it's going to be kind of hard for them to get there, right? Because the Grizzlies are, like, way ahead of everyone else pretty yeah, much. So. Are. Let me see if that. Even... I think it's like three or four games. Yeah, they're something like three games ahead, right? So let's see. Um, here, let me look at the standings. My internet is being slow. So the Grizzlies, it looks like, are three and a half games above the nine seed, which is currently the. The Blazers? Uh, the Maver- the Blazers, yeah. So they're three and a half games above the Blazers and the Pelicans, right? So, yeah. it, so you know, basically to even get to the to even get to the uh, play-in or whatever, right? The Pelicans would have to stay within four games. So you know, if they stayed at like five hundred, if both teams went at like five hundred, then basically they would be able to get into the play-in. But you know, if they're like four and a half games behind the Grizzlies, they wouldn't even get into the play-in. So I hey, know. you know what? I'm starting to like this a little more better because if they get a play-in, that'd be Jaw versus Zion. That'd be Jaw versus Zion, and Zion would have to win two, and Jaw would have to win one to get to the next round. So and I think I would like that. I, I think I would like that because then it. I, I think whoever wins out of if there's a play-in, if Zion wins two over jaw then i'm i automatically put zion as rookie of the year like i don't i don't think you can because it's rookie of the year right i mean you have to for me personally you have to play like the entire like year basically to be rookie of the year right i mean zion missed more than like half of the season so i think that that kind of like pretty much disqualifies um someone for me for like getting like major awards or stuff like that just because i think you have to play for like the entire season you know the best the best ability is availability right so you know you need to be able to actually like be out there and suit up for your team i think to win awards like that Uh, i think that like there's pretty much nothing that zion can do for me to be rookie of the year even though he's been really good and he's been an awesome player but yeah jaw has just been doing it this whole year and you know he hasn't been injured in the same way so. is nice but yeah. i really want to see lebron versus zion i'm gonna tell you why i'm gonna tell you why because i like ingram i really like brandon ingram i feel like he will like and this is like his set in that college format i like zion with ingram and i really like uh lonzo because a lot of those players used to play with lebron they seen them in practices. They know most of a lot of the players that are like the secondary players. I feel they got uh who is it? Is it JJ Reddick on the Pelicans? Yeah, like, JJ Reddick. They have a squad. I mean, there were one. I mean, they're, they're once Zion came, they've been pretty hot. And so I would lo- I would really really like to see. And then without the crowd, it's just them. Imano Imano. I would really like to see that format if it goes that way. Like, and then you know whatever. Portland don't seem like they're into it. They voted no. 
You knew that. You know that, right? They was like, no, we don't. Yeah, want to I think that they wanted to like have like more of like an actual play-in tournament where you can just get in and not have like and not have to like be within a certain amount of games or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I think that they wanted that, and I think that would have been more interesting too. Like you were saying, you know, the single elimination could be potentially a lot more interesting. But hey, you know, at least they're experimenting a little bit, I guess. But I don't know. It would have been cool to see more experimentation. But ultimately, we don't really control anything. So you know, hopefully, with your guys' support, we will eventually become commissioners of the nba and the the (laughs) co-commissioners of the nba and you know force these chases into the thing so to do that we need your help so please continue to subscribe to the show give us five stars and all that um you know subs uh you know like comment share you know tell your friends about it all that stuff um like we were saying before start you know engaging with the twitter all that stuff you know we're gonna get that going soon so yeah we'll uh, talk to you next week anything you want to add dex Nope, just subscribe, subscribe, send in those emails, look out for the Twitter, next week we'll have the handle for you guys, and uh, thank you guys for listening to us, really appreciate it, and you know, keep on protesting for change, and thank you so much. Yeah, alright, sounds good, bye guys.